Hello and welcome back to our study of Penine Halacha, teachings of Rabbi Yazim Alamed, Shlita. Here we are, this is the last session of our chapter on MS, Perakiotes, the 19th section here in this section of MS. And we find ourselves here on Erev Shabbos, Parshas Ha'azinu, also known as Shabbos Shuva. Shabbos Teshuvah, the reason they're called Shabbos Shuvah is because of the Haftorah. Shuvah is the opening phrase of the Haftorah. And of course, we'll have the Shabbos Shuvah Drasha this Shabbos. And that goes right into Erev Yom Kippur on Sunday. Monday, of course, is Yom Kippurim, followed by Mad Dash of preparations for Sukkot, Sukkot Chalamoid, Hashanah Rabbah, Shemini Atzeris, Simchas Torah. And then Emir Tashem will be back with a new topic haven't yet selected it, but happy to take suggestions, and we will let you know as soon as that happens. But let's finish this up with number 19. Here's the question. A fairly common question that, let's say students are copying tests. Everybody's copying off a test. So we're not talking about cheating. Let's say we're copying or they have old copies of tests. Let's see what the Rav means, but can you do so? Or if someone did copy on a test, and he's, here he's talking about actually cheating, do you have to tell the teacher? What about somebody who copied in the Bagrut exam? That's the matriculation exam that's given in Israel. But the question is the question, of course, cheating on tests. So uh, the answer you can imagine is quite obvious, that cheating is not going to be allowed, but let's see what the Rav says. Certainly, you can't copy, you can't cheat on tests. Because we have the dictum in Shemos that one has to distance oneself from Sheker. Not only that, you have another category, something called Gnevas Das, stealing Das. Because when you submit an answer, the tester or the teacher thinks these are your answers. And in actuality, the student does not know the answers to these questions on his own. And some say that this is literally stealing knowledge because you're stealing knowledge off someone else's paper or exam. Some say that this is a Torah prohibition because it says, You shall not steal. And he quotes the Ritva in Chulan and Aftzadi Dalit that this is considered a Torah prohibition, Genevas Das, when it says don't steal. And someone who cheats or copies on an exam is also abrogating or neglecting a positive commandment, in which we were commanded to walk in the paths of our Creator, where we're supposed to cling to His attributes, because it says you have to walk in His ways. And as we have discussed, that one of the central characteristics or midos of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is truth, and this, of course, is not truth. And even though it may seem that for certainly for a short period of time or for a certain range that someone who refrains from copying is going to lose because he's going to have a lower mark than those who were cheating. Truth is greater, it's worth more than a mark. 
And in the long term, we will certainly realize that someone who is careful not to cheat in the long term will do much better in life, even though he may have in the short term a poorer grade. Because he's learning the very important principle, the human principle, what's more important, to rely only on your knowledge and your characteristics and your strengths. And in the end of the day, in the end of the matter, his level will be much greater because he is relying on his own strength. Nevertheless, someone, or unlike someone who is used to cheating, is not someone who is going to learn how to put in the effort, how to dig in and work. He's going to think that, well, whatever's good for me, that's the highest level I can achieve. And certainly as we have the American colloquialism of cheaters never prosper or cheaters never win, however you want to put it. And even if, let's say, he's cheating on his Bagrut exam, and he'll be able to put him on a higher level, let's say, as far as qualifying for university, it's not going to, even though it might qualify you for a greater entrance possibility, but it's not going to give you more knowledge. You're not going to be more prepared. So what's the point of it? Let's say you're going to cheat on the exam. Oh, I'll get into medical school. But you're not going to be a good doctor because you're not going to know the material. Because he's going to have to always conceal the fact he doesn't really know the material. And what kind of, let's say a person is going to be an engineer but you don't really know the material. How, what kind of life are you going to have if you're a subpar engineer? That he's always going to have to cover up his track, and he's always going to have to be backtracking and figuring out how to hide from people that he doesn't really know what's going on. He's going to hide it from his customers, from his takers. person should always know what he's not good at, and therefore, he could choose a profession or an area in life in which he excels. And let's say someone did cheat on an exam. And because of this, he got a higher mark. And with this higher mark, he was able to get to places he wasn't able to get without this mark. So he should seek counsel from his Rav, what he should do. Because a person has to weigh and see all the different outcomes or the different possibilities of his actions, the ramifications. And you also have to think about the fact that maybe your friend who didn't cheat, who got a lower mark, and you're taking his spot, you're taking her spot, you have to figure out how to fix that. And if someone does see the light of their ways after cheating, you should instruct them that they have to go back and relearn the material, learn it so they actually do know it, and therefore they will be qualified for the mark which they received. And going forward, hopefully they will not do so again. Well, that brings us to the end of 
the chapter on MS, very, very weighty chapter. Wow, we covered a lot here and much, much to do that is halacha lemaisa. But I want to wish everyone a restful and peaceful Shabbos, Shabbos Shuva, and a Gemar Chasimatova. May we all have an easy and a meaningful fast. May all of our tefillahs be accepted litova. And I just want to share one word of inspiration, perhaps something to think about over Yom Kippur. And I said this at an ELA a few years ago. I heard this from my Rebbe once from Rabbi J.J. Schachter, who said that you know sometimes when we come to the end of Yom Kippur, the end of, you know, it's a long month of Elul, and then it's Rosh Hashanah, and fast day, so much slichas, and by the time we get to Neila, we're tired, we have a headache, and we're just not feeling it. We just feel like, you know, God, you and I, we're, we've exhausted all the possibilities. So a person should, at that moment, before Neila particularly, say to Kaddish Baruch Hu, say Kaddish Baruch Hu, if you and I have nothing else to talk about, how about we talk about one of your other children? And if you have nothing to ask for for yourself or to confess for yourself or to even converse about yourself with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, talk about one of Hashem's other children because I'm sure we all know someone who's struggling, someone who needs an extra prayer, someone who has a health challenge, someone who has family problems, some couples that are struggling to have children, somebody who's struggling with Parnassah, whatever it might be. If you feel like you have nothing left to talk about with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Surely you have something to talk about with the Kaddish Baruch Hu about one of his other children. So in that vein, let's hope that we all have a Gemara Chassim Tova. Thank you so much again for listening. We'll see you again after Sukkot, God willing. Have a great Sukkot as well. Good Shabbos, Gemara Chassim Tova, Good Nkvetel, all those good phrases we have. See you when we return. <laughs>